Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the Guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. We have another large group game coming up here. We've got Brayden Danderbin, uh, we've got Micah Kleinenstern, Seth Arpeggio, and Virgil Thorun. So all of these wonderful people are going to lay down their lives in the game today, or possibly, we'll see. Uh, may the nat ones all roll in my favor. Uh, so <laughs> we will go ahead then and get started. But before everybody is officially on the 26th of planting, Arpeggio. You have a couple of days to catch up with, and we talked uh, just a little bit ago about just getting some Fighters Guild stuff done. So you go up to the Fighters Guild on the 24th of planting, and it's a average day. You notice that there's a bit more hustle and bustle than what you're used to. People seem to be a little bit more wary than usual, but um, not really sure why that is since you're kind of new here in town. But other than that, everything seems to be pretty much as usual. Uh, what would kind of jobs would you look for upon entering the Fighters Guild? Uh, Arpeggio would probably stick to what she has been doing from the beginning. So if there are other uh, teaching jobs for the new recruits, she would be taking that. Okay, yeah. You uh, find that there's another uh, group of spearmen that are practicing in the yard and they're sparring instead of just form type drills. They're learning to parry and block and do all that kind of stuff. So you're able to uh, take up the mantle of spear educator and you head out that way and flip a couple of spears around so they're pointing with the pokey bit. Go ahead and roll me a either athletics or performance or some sort of check that you can justify for teaching uh, sparring with spears. I would say performance because I am teaching people proper form. Okay. That's that's a ten. They seem to be pretty much paying attention to what you're you're saying, but you know something seems to kind of have their attention a little bit, so it doesn't soak in as well as as it probably should. And uh, one of them ends up getting uh, pretty injured uh, by accident, and so the lesson ends early. Uh, you're still uh, uh, given. 
You're still given eight gold, uh, eight silver pieces uh, for the job that you did today. Um, since it was ended early, you didn't get the full gold, uh, but you did get eight silver pieces for helping out, and, and you're kind of noticing that that distraction was something to be a little bit worried about. And as you uh, kind of finished up for the day and were retiring, you could hear that some of the guild members hadn't reported in recently. Um, but as soon as you kind of turned to head that way to talk to them, another unit leader uh, showed up and kind of redirected the two that were gossiping. And they quieted up and kind of did their own things. So uh, now on to the 25th of planting. Um, once again, there's more tension in the guild than you're really used to. Uh, what would you do in the guild upon waking on the 25th? For uh, for the 25th, I will be taking patrol duties, uh, trying and in the hopes of trying to see what's going on around the city. Yeah, as you head up to the front desk and and ask, you know, what patrol jobs are available, they they pull out an entire stack of papers uh, that people have requested uh, patrols to be doubled in their in their particular neighborhood or or whatever else. It's it's absolutely astonishing. So you have your basic pick of anywhere that you would like to patrol. So what district of the city would you like to patrol? Docks, the Commons, the Cauldron, the Elven District, the Guild District, the Noble District, or the Governmental District? I would uh, I would take the Docks District. All right, you head down to the Docks District, and it's uh, pretty, like, wary. People are getting a little bit nervous and that kind of stuff, and as you're patrolling, you... you kind of get relieved looks people you know look at you and feel safer and 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 that kind of stuff and you hear whispers of people have been disappearing at sea people have been disappearing within the guilds and and it seems to be completely at random there was there was an alchemist that was a goblin alchemist that was taken from uh, within the cauldron district and there was a astrologian that was taken very recently as well and and it's getting kind of dangerous out people are kind of getting freaked out by what's going on since nobody can really figure out rhyme or reason as to how it's happened. I would like to just quickly interview a a bunch of uh, bystanders, just get a general time frame of when they usually disappear. I mean, is it during the night or is it during the day? Something like that. Go ahead and roll me a charisma check, whatever kind you can just and all. We'll see how much info you get. And diplomacy. Oh, this is not <laughs> different. <laughs> different. Uh, okay. Well, persuasion. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Yeah, you're able to find out that it is hundred percent random. Like the only constant that seems to happen is that the people that were taken were all very brilliant, bright, uh, high potential people. Other than that, the ages are completely random, the races, the classes, the jobs, the living status, the financial everything, when they were taken, where they were taken from. It is completely random as far as they can tell. It's really got people freaked out. Some of the most recent and most notable, um, there was a a high-ranking cleric of the ocean deities that was taken very recently. But the common, common thing between them is that they are very talented people, right? Correct, yeah. That's basically the only common thing amongst them. All right. Uh, I'll carry on then. All right. You continue up and down the docks district after you finish your 
uh, eight-hour shift, you are able to um, go ahead and roll me just a random luck check, uh, real quick. Uh, what does that imply? Uh, luck. I don't think you've had to roll a luck check yet. So go ahead and roll a straight d20. Uh, let me know what the number is first. Oh, uh, three. Okay. Uh, then you're gonna have a negative two to any luck rolls that you do for right now. Um, I'm keeping track of when everybody rolls twenty or. Uh, anything like that, and then it modifies your luck stat from there. So then go ahead and roll me a straight d20 now um, for your actual luck check, and take it minus two. Okay, same roll. Uh, three, so oh, that's no, a one. No. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so then, uh, while you're walking, you know, you're you're kind of just minding your own business and, and keeping an eye out, that kind of stuff, trying not to really get in anybody's way, and there's some people that are really looking kind of off at you, you know, looking pretty aggressive. They aren't making any moves yet, but you can definitely tell that they're taking note of the path that you're taking and everything else. And uh, as soon as you kind of turn to to confront them, they disappear into a darkened alleyway. Uh, you, you don't think that they're going to do anything tonight, but you're pretty sure that they definitely didn't like seeing you in the docks. Go ahead and roll me a real quick perception check to see if you can recognize these people. Uh, that's a 20. Not, not oh. natural. Okay, but still, with a 20, you 100% recognize them as Shadows Guild members. Um, they had the insignia on their cloaks as well. Uh, but this, this group didn't seem to be like the normal run-of-the-mill thieves. These guys seem to be a lot more dangerous than a regular Shadows Guild-type member. Uh, so you definitely are going to uh, kind of be on the lookout for that next time. Uh, you're able to finish your shift basically uh, uneventfully, and you head back up to the guild and are paid one gold piece. Uh, is there anything you want to do before calling it a night and starting the 26th? Uh, no. Aside from just uh, doing my regular equipment uh, cleanup, and just getting some meals so that would be that would be her day alright so then you're very easily able to get all sleep but you know the last thing before you kind of pass out for the night is is the look of hatred and one of those guys eyes as they, they watched you patrolling um, so that's definitely something that's going to be on your mind so then we start the 26th of planting. We'll go ahead and start with Arpeggio and keep it going. So what would you do upon waking on the uh, 26th? Uh, as, I, as she has been doing um, every morning, she'll be heading back to... My goodness, I forgot her name. Oh, the front test gal? No, yeah. Oh, to Isla. Uh, that's right, Isla. you're not staying... Yeah, you're not staying in the guild. That's right. I'll edit the wording around for that. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to say hi to Isla this morning? Yeah, say hi to Isla. Do cut some uh, firewood for her, as promised. And after having a meal, she would head back to the fighter's guild. All right, yeah, you uh, uh, say hi to Isla, and she's... Hope you're having a wonderful morning this morning. Uh, it's supposed to be a very nice day out, but they're talking there might be some rain this evening, so you might want to make sure to, to be back before it gets too terrible dark tonight. I will do, Ayla. Uh, I've been hearing that uh, things are not good recently, so do be careful while I'm not here. Oh, I will definitely be careful. If it's got you concerned, I know it's serious. I just don't 
panic about this for now. Just, just keep an eye out, okay? I will do so. Thank you, Arpeggio. All right, so uh, then you head on to the uh, Fighters Guild, and uh, you head on up to the front desk there, and uh, a special kind of bulletin has been posted up front, kind of a general notice to the guild. As you you go to look at it, uh, it basically is explaining that people have been disappearing all over the place. Very talented young adventurers are just randomly disappearing out of nowhere you know, watch yourselves, you know, buddy system with the guild, all of this other kind of stuff. And as you're reading that very detailed description of some of the people that have been taken and everything else, uh, you see Thorun come strutting out from the blacksmith shop area and approaches you. And so we're to go ahead and hop in and uh, say hello to Arpeggio. Uh, hello again. How are you doing? Uh, Master Smith, it's been a, it's been a while. Indeed it has. Indeed it has. I've been using your wonderful creation for me quite well, so thank you for that again. Of course. Is it holding up all right? Uh, Any maintenance needed on it, or...? It's pretty well balanced. Uh, No complaints so far. Wonderful. I'm glad. (laughs) All right. So you guys meet up, and Virgil, that same notice catches your eye. And uh, saying that, you know, a number of individuals have been taken, uh, you know, disappeared out of nowhere. And at the very bottom, the freshest freshest inking on the bottom, you recognize the name of Aura. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say Uh anything to Arpeggio or anything? Are you just going to quietly suffer in silence? Uh, Not going to say anything, but there's a note. Usually Thorne has this, like very calm to me this focus kind of a deal but today he's just off and like looks ang- you know angry more than uh like sad or anything but like pent up anger that he can't get rid of uh, I don't do I need that insight check to see that or it's pretty obvious no it's it's obvious he uh he's always just had like this really calm demeanor and always pleasant but today his heart words are a little bit more blunt and not doing much small talk and just has this just tenseness to him that he normally doesn't have. Hmm. Yet another side that I've yet seen from see from you, Master Thor. Something uh-huh. troubling you. Yesterday was a bad day. How so? He just kind of looks at that name and uh, the last one. Uh, I knew that person pretty well. Uh, then it's just just not a good day. Uh, and with that, he, excu- he uh, excuses himself and he heads towards like the training yard uh, to like a, a training dummy uh, kind of deal and just starts going to town on it. Uh, in fact, he'll probably actually burn a couple of key points on the for flurry of blows, just like flat out, just go to town on this dummy. Uh, or whatever the training thing is, uh, and just attacking it, not even pulling his sword, but just punching at it uh, a few times. Uh, I, uh, Arpeggio would concerned. Arpeggio will follow Thorun, and upon seeing him like wrecking hell on a dummy, she's going to <laughs> smack Thorin on on the butt with the with the butt of her standard. It seems you need to vent something out. 
mind if I help you with that? And I take a fighting position. Okay, yeah, Virgil, if you want to do PvP, I am totally fine with non-deadly PvP. We can do that. Sure. Uh, that's fine. Uh, and you see, like, he has his sword, uh... <laughs> that's the equivalent of a death threat. Just a rain of dice. Uh, he says, uh, that's fine, and he, uh, uh puts his hand on his sword and kind of a draw he hasn't drawn the sword yet but kind of gets himself into a fighting position as he steps away from that training dummy and draws his sword you see the training dummy it's a classic world of warcraft bucket on the head straw barrel kind of a thing it it just crumbles it's just kind of the post sitting there with how much frustration he's taken out on so then go ahead guys and uh roll initiative that's a nine for Thorin. Not doing well. That's a natural one. <laughs> oh, no. But that, yeah, doesn't matter. Natural one, that would be a three. All right. So then, Virgil, you'll go first, followed by Arpeggio, and you guys can just let you do what you need to do. All righty. Um, uh, so Thorin is going to uh, uh, run up behind uh, using his quick little dwarven monk feet. <laughs> run up behind Arpeggio and make uh, a weapon attack. So, that's an at one. I feel like this is very fitting considering the situation. Yeah, he's not in a... He's not focused right now. And so, yeah. he just completely misses. Exactly. Alright, uh, Virgil bonus action or anything? Uh, yeah, uh, so he completely misses and he's gonna kind of sweep the sword horizontally and then twist it around and try and go for an elbow strike to the chest, or to the back. Um, that's better. Um, that is a 19. Just, yeah, that hits. Okay. That is three points of bludgeoning damage. Alright, anything else, Virgil? Uh, that is my turn. Alright. Okay, uh, in response, Arpeggio's gonna twirl her standard and spike it on the sand. I suppose we're in the sa- sand pit or something. Yeah. And then she is going to draw her katana and make a slash at Thorin. Alrighty. 14. Does a 14 hit? No, my AC is 15. Oh. Okay, uh... As a bonus action, I'll be activating my Ambit of Authority, which I'm going to activate as Fortitude, which is a damage reduction of 1. I'm going to make another attack, and I'm going to make the... Let's see. No, I don't want to use that one. That's not quite what I was hoping for. (laughs) Stab Uh, through the chest. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to make a disarming attack. So that's a 20 to hit. That hits. Um, so, um, let's see. So I need a strength saving throw from you. Uh, 15. Okay, that passes. So you are not disarmed, but you take uh, 14 points of slashing damage. As he, kinda, as, he, as he goes for uh, the handle of the sword to try and catch it and knock it out of your hands kind of a deal. And then bonus action, he is going to 
attack again. And that is a 15 to hit. Oh, that misses. Okay, and that's my turn. Ooh, in response, uh, Arpeggio is going to kick the bottom of her standard and going to use the momentum to try to like uppercut you with the, with the standard. Uh, 18, does that hit? That'll hit. Okay, so that is 13 points of bludgeoning damage. Alrighty. Ouch. Then I'll attack. That's a 15 to hit, so that's gonna miss. Mm-hmm. And then bonus hacking. That's at one, so that'll also miss. And that's my turn. Okay, I'm gonna try to hit you again with the blunt end of my standard 20. Oh, yeah, that hits. That. <laughs> okay, uh, six points of bludgeoning damage. Alrighty. Alrighty, so I'm gonna make an attack again. That's an at one. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> the Dark Knight uh, starts again. Pretty much. Wow. Uh, bonus action. That'll actually hit this time. Uh, 22 to hit. That will definitely hit. And that is six points of bludgeoning damage uh, with kind of a spin and like backhand uh, to the uh, to the shoulders, the back of the shoulder, kind of as a spin uh, backhand. Yeah, that knocked the wind out of her. And she's gonna after that after that though she's gonna face Thorun and hold up her hand. Okay. I yield. I yield. Uh, he immediately uh, sheathes his sword and uh, kind of puts a hand out to help her up if uh, she's on a knee or something to kind of help her back up. Maker, you hit so hard. Ow! <laughs> Not too bad yourself as he kind of like wipes uh, from being hit in the face by a, a metal object. <laughs> You said not too bad yourself. You feel better. Kind of. <laughs> I, I bow. So, you want to talk about it? Uh, sure, why not? Uh, first round's on me, and uh, head towards the bar, uh, a place to drink and talk about what happened in the last session. I, I assume the Fighter's Guild has a built-in bar somewhere. Oh, I... <laughs> I would hope oh, yeah, so. for sure. Otherwise, I'm in the, the drug- guild, man. <laughs> yeah, the drunken monks have got to have a place to to train their where uh, train their abilities. And as you guys leave the the fighting arena, the sand pit, it's dead silent. Nobody has said a word. And then the second you like walk into the guild, like all this murmuring and talking happens behind you, and they're like, oh, "What just happened?" So it was an absolutely massive event within the guild to see two the two of you being as well known as you are go at it like that because Virgil's never really cut loose other than that that monk and it's like seeing your teacher do a, you know your teacher get into a fight for half of the spearmen so that was that was definitely something that's going to be talked about in the guild for a while yeah yeah exactly so then you guys get over to the uh, small built-in bar cavern thing, and you're able to talk about everything that happened. Um, so, Seth, long story short, there was a big group game type thing where Ganderbin, Aura, Freud, Gearlock, Virgil, and then myself for just a little bit all showed up. Aura, they ended up getting trying to investigate these disappearances, and they found out that there was going to be another disturbance, a possible portal or something like that, opening up over by the Light's Grasp Lighthouse. They went to investigate, 
Uh, and in a battle they could not win, uh, Aura was kind of figured out that the only way to close this portal was something living had to go through it. And so she jumped through the portal and closed it behind her, and she is now lost to everybody. Uh, it's kind of a long story short. So that is how you guys are able to kind of spend the uh, intervening hours as the morning rolls into closer to lunchtime. So, uh, Brayden, uh, we will go ahead and do you next. So, Danderman, after you get uh, up to take care of Ladybug, feed her another goat, or whatever, <laughs> um, you uh, get up to take care of her, what, what would you do with your day? It would still be fairly early morning. I believe I was staying at the beach where Aura disappeared. That's right. You did say you were going to stay behind there. So Ladybug and I are just camping. I would like build or try and manufacture signs warning people of this area and to stay away for potential incursions. Try and, yeah, just try and... I know I won't be able to rally a force, but I'll try and find other people that may be interested in just like standing watch should there be anyone in the area because I know the mages are relatively close by aren't they? Yeah, yeah, the mages tower is within sight of where you are so you would be able to very easily walk up that way in between that's found on the shores and what the uh, uh, what the mages have on hand you're very easily able to construct some signs that say you know, caution warning portal area what would you tell the mages to try and encourage them to keep an eye out? Uh, I'd say, what was coming through the portal again? Was it phase spiders? Yeah, phase spider, it's a homebrewed creature, but basically a phase spider. Okay. Uh, I'd say, hey, um, mage people, <laughs> anyone? Yeah, you would definitely get, get some curious <laughs> looks. Um, having spent the night out there all night, they probably would have posted one of the mages kind of keep an eye on you after they saw the rest of your group leave thinking that you know maybe you were senile or something and got lost or who knows <laughs> well i just talked to that person then and i'd say um so uh are you keeping watch here as well now i guess uh what kind of yeah um i'm i'm on break right now i can't channel anymore for for a while, so I'm keeping an eye on you to make sure, you know, t- the tide doesn't come up and wash you and your, your spider away. Alright, well, uh, you better keep keeping an eye on me. That tide. And I wouldn't mind a bit of company, you know. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I've got, uh, and he kind of looks up at the sun and he's like, I've got about an hour or so. I, I guess I could spend a little bit of time with you. Um, so, so, uh, how are you? My name is, uh, y- you can call me, uh, Mage Lynn, um, is my name. Oh, um, uh, it's very nice to meet you. Uh, do you mind if we just sit in silence for the next hour or so? Oh, uh, uh yeah, uh, I'll just, if you don't mind the occasional page flipping, um, I'll, I'll just study my spellbook here for an hour while you, uh, while you sit. Thanks. And then a bit will just sit down and have Ladybug sit next to him and just sort of watch over the area for as long as possible. He'd probably spend the rest, not the rest, but probably like another four or five hours there 
and then kind of, uh, if nothing else happens, maybe head back to uh, Port City to try and see where his friends went. After uh, spending most of the night in watch and then uh, taking smaller naps in order to kind of get your long rest in, you know, uh, you're you're kind of tuckered out, but um, after sitting for a next while, you didn't see anything else open up at all the entire time you were keeping vigil. And uh, the next hour uh, passes. You can tell it's getting closer to noon. Um, by the time you kind of get done watching, the mage got up after an hour and went back to his shift. Uh, and mm-hmm. you saw another mage kind of standing up on the, the cliff above you, kind of keeping an eye on you. Um, him also studying a spell book. And uh, it's getting close to noon before uh, you head back up. I'd, I'd probably go up to one of those mages, maybe the one before he leaves, and just say, um, um, th- thanks for sitting with me. Uh, I must ask, if anything strange opens up here, portals, etc., you know, uh, do, you, do you know how to send messages like this? And I hold my finger up to my head and Tele- telepathically sort of speak to him a couple of words. Oh, yeah, he, he like jerks his head around a couple of times and looks and he's like, uh, well, yeah, if I know who I'm I'm talking to, I can do that. Oh, uh, me. If, if anything here opens up, I would like you to message me. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Uh, if you get outside of range, um, I'll send my familiar to, to come, uh, find you. Uh, I'm assuming you'll be in the city, right? Yes. Okay, uh, yeah, if you see a, uh, I, I want it to be flying so that it can get to you fast enough. So, uh, if you see a bat flying around and, uh, you know, coming real near you, that's that's my familiar. Just listen to him. All right, well, uh, I, pre- I appreciate it all. Thank you. Yeah, not, not a problem. So then you head back uh, towards the city. You uh, make your way back. Let's see, did you see the... Uh, south Road between the Noble District and the Commons District. Uh, so you come up through that way, and uh, you can see the Noble side is just nudie as always, and the Commons District is, you know, your average Ma and Pa type folks. Uh, you make your way through that way and uh, back kind of into the Guild District area. I would go to Kleinenstern to try and get some information on portals because Vanderbin has very little clue. He just likes putting bear traps on people's butts. <laughs> I almost spit my drink all over the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you head up to the, the Mages Guild type area and uh, everybody is parting ways so you don't have to worry about being uh, uh, lost in the crowd. That giant steeder is definitely uh, uh, keeping people from getting too close. Um Kleinenstern, you awake uh, fairly early in the morning, I'm assuming, to get biscuits and gravy. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, just to sicken all of our international, uh, you, you have a big old plate of biscuits and gravy, and uh, uh, after enjoying a second helping, you head your way uh, down towards the rest of the Mages Guild. What would you like to do with your early mid-morning? Uh, early mid-morning... I'd probably honestly, uh, with all of the hectic goings-on that have been happening recently, I'd probably actually spend the first part of my morning just sitting in my room, scratching out a few notes about Yon Observatory, just to kind of think about something other than 
the crisis going on to kind of put things into a little bit of a perspective. And so, you know, just toot along and, 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 you know, drop what rudimentary plans I can for, you know, how I want this tower to eventually look when I finally get around to it. And then uh, as the morning comes to a close around noonish, go get some lunch. So you you do your best to try and push all of that kind of stuff out of your mind, but that that tarot reading, the fortune telling about everybody having to change, tough choices having to be made, it's definitely you know taking a, a toll on you, especially with that astrologian being so closely tied to the stars. Uh, you get you get a fair amount sketched out, but it, it, you can tell even by yourself if you're honest that it's you know it, it's half. Half only half paying attention while you're doing it, and so you you make your way down to the cafeteria type area about noon, a little bit before you know trying to beat the crowd because there's nothing worse than trying to eat your crazy imaginary lunch or you know crazy otherworldly lunch with a bunch of other people asking what it is. So what would you be getting at lunch? Because your food answers are always hilarious. Uh, I think today is going to be honestly just I, I, I really. I feel like with everything going on, some comfort food is going to be great. So it's going to be just a simple grilled cheese and tomato soup. All right. Yeah. So a, a steaming bowl of tomato soup and a, a super, not stringy, but super melty uh, um, American type cheese uh, in that sandwich. You know, you pull it apart and it, it just, you know, that yellow goodness just, just kind of spreads from there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, because it's a realistic illusion and all that kind of stuff a second sandwich comes out because you can never just eat tomato soup with one sandwich um so you uh uh finish your meal and you hear a bunch of people uh that are coming up for lunch and they're like did you see that strider out there like i didn't realize any of them ever came out of the underdark and and that gnome on top of it what's he doing that's a snack for that thing (laughs) (laughs) as soon as i hear him calling out for me dandy i'm coming (laughs) (laughs) and i will i will run people over to get out the door (laughs) an over six foot tall giant of an individual plowing through a crowd in anime style you hear the bowling pins getting knocked aside as people do flips in the air you know out of the way and uh, <laughs> and uh, Glidenstern arrives before you Dandy what what brings you here uh things terrible things have happened terrible I, 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 I am I am very aware of terrible things that have been happening that's what I've spent my last couple of days investigating Wait, you know already? Well, I know that that, that a, a large number of people have just mysteriously up and vanished. Aura, Aura is gone. She's gone. Well, hellfire! Let's go find her. No, she's it. She's gone. Oh, you mean the gone gone? Yes. Oh, um, well. She. There was this portal, and it wouldn't close, and then. These things were coming out trying to kill us, and then uh, I tried to stop her, and she jumped, and then then it closed, and she was she's gone, gone, gone. Well, can we go after her? 
Uh, well, that's well. You, you know things about portals, and you're you're magical, right? You've you've got things going on with yourself. I um, I'm not gonna lie. My uh, experience with portals is limited to the orange ones and the blue ones, and don't fire a portal at the moon. Uh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I um. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, <laughs> but it's, maybe it's, it's relevant. Uh, th- these kind of portals aren't relevant. They're more scientific in nature and less magical. Uh, I haven't, I haven't, you know, I haven't been here really long enough to really get a good knowledge of how portals work and you know, the the way that the portal network just manages to do everything is so far beyond what I've been able to look into. It's always right there as, you know, something that interests me, but now, well... You're the the smartest person I know. Surely, surely, surely you could uh, do some research. Dandy, we're going to figure this out. Are you sure? I swear on Orion's belt. Again, I'm not quite sure what that is, but I, I take your word for it, my friend. Please, anything. I can stand by and bring you hot tea while you do your research. I can uh, cook for you. What are that? What's those things you enjoy? Uh, yes. Pink, pink guts and gravy, or something <laughs> like that. You, you, you know what? Just, 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 just being around will be will be more than enough help. Um, <laughs> I think. I think we need to. Uh, I think this this is the, the this is the beginning of a a, a, a a new bit of research for me, and uh, I trust I trust in you, my friend. Truly, we're, we're we're gonna figure this out, even if I have even if I have to research until the end of the universe, I will figure this out. Well, I mean, I'm pretty old, so I mean, if you can get <laughs> done within a few weeks, perhaps that'd be pretty nice too. <laughs> I mean, I uh, sure, yes. You'll find a way to turn me into a lich so I can save <laughs> That is the scariest thing I have ever Oh my gosh. Legendary action to <laughs> open a bear trap. <laughs> a lich running around with bear traps? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Bob, I'm going to take Danderbin. We're going to go to my room. <laughs> we're going to have to leave the door open the whole time. Oh, I'm, I'm going to kick the door off its hinges. <laughs> I don't have the strength to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, but you're like six foot something. There's a lot of mass behind that kick. <laughs> and as, as that door flies open, all of all of the the plans that I've been working on for my uh, for, for that observatory, I'm just going to tear them off the walls. Oh, damn! I've got enough life to live that this can wait. Wow! Um, just basically, I'm I'm going to you know I don't ha- I don't carry a lot of weight in the guild, but you know after tearing down all of my all of my plans for the observatory, I'm going to grab a fresh roll of parchment and I'm going to go storming off to the portal network and find whoever is in charge and figuring out how our portals work and if there's any correlation between the two that we might be able to make. All right, Danderbin, would you have told him that Thorin was with you? Oh yeah. All right. Um, uh, so, then what I probably would have done is had I would have, as as we were walking out of in I would have said Dandy, go get Thorin. We're gonna need some muscle. I'm gonna go talk to our portal network crew. Meet me back here as soon as you can. 
All right, Ladybug away, and we climb up the roof. Hi ho, Ladybug! Away! <laughs> oh Lord! Yeah, you you go skittering. You, you don't even you know worry about the crowds. Ladybug just like runs up to where a building is, just right up the side of the building, ninety degrees, right across the roof. You, I, hand, I handcuff myself to like a restraint so I don't fall off when I'm when she's going like vertical. You guys, you, you guys see later in the Port City Gazette. Uh, uh, a new urban legend has been born, and it's the spider that is kidnapping gnomes. The <laughs> gnome was seen flopping on the lip, on the back of this giant spider climbing across buildings. This most recent abductee matches the description of Cornelius Schmackeroo. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Oh, and boy. so a threat has been averted temporarily. <laughs> Exactly. Oh man! So you make it in record speed all the way to the Fighters Guild, and uh, news of this giant spider rushing the Fighters Guild has got all of them up in arms. Arpeggio and Thorud, you hear that a giant spider is looking to engage with the Fighters Guild, and everybody is being called to arms at the front gate. God. What I have a thought might be dandy. Oh yeah, you you would know for sure. They say it looks like there's a, a small goblin or or a gnome or something like that mounted on the back of this spider. I look at Arpeggio and I just down the rest of my drink and I'm just like, you want to go do something fun? <laughs> Is there like Why not? <laughs> is there like a tall building nearby the <laughs> nearby the fathers go? Oh yeah, for sure. There's like blacksmith stacks like clear up in the air, you know, keeping the smoke away from people. There's there's multi-level warehouses, weapons and stuff are tested and stored. Yeah, there's all sorts of big buildings. Oh yeah. Well I'll try I'll try and direct Ladybug to call top of one of the warehouses. As soon as we see all these people kind of looking up to us, kind of threateningly thinking we're about to attack them or something, I'd be like, oh, God. Ladybug, <laughs> uh, <laughs> back behind the other side. and <laughs> we, head off, we crawl back around the other side and un- unmanacle myself from the restraint. <laughs> And I'd put on a little mask, <laughs> climb to the edge of the <laughs> to the edge of the warehouse roof once more, and just sort of straddling her uh, right up along the edge with my hand in the air and just shout, "It is I, Cornelius, the most notorious criminal in this city." You, you see a small child on the sidewalk below you go, Mommy, I knew Cornelius was a Harlequin! I knew it! And the mother rushes the child into the nearest building for shelter. <laughs> I don't have any money to throw at them, but I, I perhaps I'll, I'll... I definitely want to throw my bomb. Uh, I'll... <laughs> I'll, yeah. Oh man, I don't have anything nice to throw to the people. I'll just... Hmm. I'll take out my figurine of wondrous power, the Silver Raven, and I'm going to hold it up above me and say, uh, 
This I stole from a prestigious merchant, and I am the greatest villain. And I'll toss it into the crowd and sort of ride off laughing. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. So you toss this figurine of wondrous power into the air. Arpeggio and Thorun, you would have come out right when you saw the Cornelius figure (laughs) step up onto the building and shout that. Would, would you guys try to recover the item, or what would you guys do seeing that? I, I will grab Thorin by the shoulder. Uh, Master Smith, you should really pull your punches when perspiring, because I'm seeing a giant spider with a child on its back. <laughs> something no. to the ground. What? That's who we're here for. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> Arpeggio, yeah. you're you're a little bit concerned seeing that child on the spider's back, worrying that the orphanage, you know, that bad influence, that traumatic event may have corrupted some of the children from that orphanage. That is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Always remember, Arpeggio, pick your battles. This isn't one we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go try and find that figurine that he threw, see if possibly we can recover it. <laughs> yeah, he threw it into the crowd at random. Go ahead and uh, give me a D100. Ooh. 18. It is exactly 18 feet in front of you from where it landed with a tink on the ground. Uh, you see that several of the archers uh, within the Fighters Guild all fan out in the front. Uh, you see a couple of berserkers in really rusty, you know, uh, nasty armor that, you know, shrieks and clinks together as they go charging off, screaming. Um, you thought you saw a rogue somewhere on the side of the building that slipped into a shadow and disappeared. Uh, all seem to be chasing after this Cornelius Smackaroo. Nobody's really paying attention to the raven <laughs> no. on the ground. No! Uh. no. Uh. <laughs> As I'm running, can I begin... <laughs> I'm going to take out some rope. Can I begin trying to fray the ends into, like, a makeshift wig for myself and Ladybug? Start <laughs> <laughs> fraying some rope to make a wig. Roll me a deception check, and if you have disguise kit, you can add that to it. I'm afraid oh, not. No, this is so bad. <laughs> a four... <laughs> You put the wig on you and Ladybug, the mask, and completely forgetting. And uh, you step around the corner with this wig and mask, and they, they're like, There he is! And they come charging after you. Oh, you, no. notice, you notice in front of you that uh, there is a elven man uh, and a small child that, that look and seem to recognize you. And uh, you had given them money before in one of the banks, uh, one of the temples, and uh, you you see that they kind of make eye contact with you, and they they seem to be uh, pulling along a horse that has a, a wagon behind him, very large sized wagon, and uh, they hear the shouting, and the father runs up behind the wagon and pulls open the uh, the flap on the backside and kind of points to get in. I <laughs> I command Ladybug to enter the wagon, and I crouch down, tied against her form, trying to squeeze in. He immediately drops the flaps on the wagon and tells his son to scream really, really loud. And his son screams, and the Fighters Guild approaches him, and they, uh, the man says, 
There was a man on a giant spider. He he just recently came by here. He ran up the road. It looked like he scaled that building. Quick, head after him. And they all take off in that direction. Uh, he continues to pull the wagon around the corner and uh, just out of sight of everybody. And he opens up the flap, flapped, getting you and all clear. <laughs> he probably opened it up and I've got that rope wig like halfway off the side <laughs> of my head. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's like sideways on there. I'll, I'll just say, uh, whoa, look who it is. He says, you. I, says I, I don't know why you gave us money and claim to be a villain, but if you're a villain, then the world needs more villains like you, sir. And he, he sticks his hand out for a shake. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll shake it. But as I shake it, I'm going to manacle one of his hands to the cart, and then I'm going to ride off with Ladybug. I'm going to ride off going... <laughs> he, he looks down at the manacle and looks up at you. He's like, damn it. And you speed off into the distance. I'll throw the key in his feet. <laughs> the little boy recovers the key and it unlocks his father as you dash off seeing uh, Thorun dragging a very confused arpeggio behind him, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> I think and I nobody just... seems to wa- Oh, go ahead. I think I might just try and let uh, Ladybug Oh, I'll tell her to hide somewhere, like go out into the forest or something to get some food and then I'll just head back into the city on my own if possible. Okay, Ladybug skitters out over the tops of buildings, furthering the legend of... <laughs> exactly. Skitters out through the elven district, and the elves won't harm the spider, you know. So uh, Ladybug seeks refuge there in the elven district as you go about your business. <laughs> Alright, so Danderman, you see Arpeggio and Thorun walking toward... What would you do? Did you guys see that crazy dude on the spider? <laughs> Man! <laughs> He was dangerous. <laughs> oh, also. Yeah, uh, I'd watch out for him. He is quite the criminal. <laughs> you don't say. Anyhow, what I really came here to do, you know, other than, like, uh, watching that person, is tell you that Kleinenstern thinks he can find a way to potentially bring Aura back. Really? Well, he said so, and he said it may take until the end of time, which is too convincing, but I think it is a start. Well, let's go see what he knows. Oh, Arpeggio, good to see you again. Uh-huh. Have you been? <laughs> oh, uh... No, no, I don't, actually, I don't know. My name is Dan Levin Out of character, we haven't, but... Because you were the one DM, the group, oh, yeah. the group game, yeah. Oh, uh, who is your friend? Oh, uh, Arpeggio, this is Lord Danderman. Dandy, this is Arpeggio. Oh. Oh, stop it, you. <laughs> Fine, me <laughs> too. Did you come? Did you come from the orphanage? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, I just gave a very large donation. Oh, you're not one of the kids. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just bless, laughing. bless your heart. I may be spry as a youngster, but I am uh, getting on there in years. Anyways, 
Would you like to come to wherever Kleinenstern said he was going? I've forgotten already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly beats yelling at new recruits and patrolling the streets. I mean, this could be fun. This will sure. be fun, right? Usually I mean, is. Uh, watching our friends study to try and save our friend who disappeared, and it is very traumatic, yes. Very fun. Incredible, even. <laughs> In meta terms, I am going to just sit here and start reading from a occult book on portal theory for the next eight <laughs> hours. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Thorun, you lead the way because I can't remember where he is. <laughs> That's helpful, Pandy. Thank you. Uh, would I know that Kleinenstern would be at like the Mage Tower or the Mage uh, Guild? Yeah, yeah, uh, you would have known that he's in the Mage's Guild, and you're guessing that if he's doing work with portals, he's probably near the portal. Okay. Uh, let's head towards the portal, then, see if he might be over there. It might be a start. Fine suggestion, my lord. <laughs> All right. So you guys start making your way up towards the portal <laughs> area, and uh, you see all these Fighters Guild members all up in arms, rushing back and forth in search of this elusive Cornelius Schmackeroo. Um, and you eventually get up to the Mages Guild and uh, are able to very easily pick out Kleinenstern amongst the very few tall individuals there, like Goliaths and whatnot. Uh, but there's only one human that tall, and that is Kleinenstern. He's standing right next to the portal and seems to be giving a gray robe wizard individual a very hard time with several oh, you questions. Have no idea. So, so as they walk up, they'll just hear me. Look, if you guys don't know exactly how these things work. Things are going to get really bad. The last thing this world needs is an Eldrazi incursion. <laughs> you, you, you see... You see the uh, the gray-robed individual. Let me roll up a race so I can happily decent voice here. Oh, this will be kind of fun. Uh, so you see that this individual seems to be kind of a strange mix of person and magic items, almost. Kind of like a uh, what you would think of as a cyborg in, in popular, you know, science fiction-y kind of stuff. They seem to have, uh, you know, their one of their eyes seems to be made out of a gem. Uh, they seem to have... Uh, kind of retractable claws, arms, think Battle Angel, Ailita, or whatever it is. Um, you know, kind of those kind of mechanical arms, but seem to have retractable claws kind of a thing with them. Uh, so kind of half person, half magic item. And they have a fairly monotone vo- voice. And they say, once again, as I said, we have no idea what is going on. The mages are looking into it. The planars are looking into it. The plane shifters are looking into it. The plane walkers are looking into it. Everybody is looking into it. We don't know what's going on. And I have no idea what those people are, but I'm sure the Mages Guild can handle any incursion that comes up. Oh, oh, oh! No, you can't. I'll turn and walk away. <laughs> okay. This this gray robe mage uh, kind of points to a uh, an hourglass on the uh, wall, keeping track of what time it is, and uh, you know points. It kind of does a hand signal, the universe hand signal for getting a drink, and starts heading towards the temple guild to what you can only con- assume is the ale father's house. Um, <laughs> after dealing with that, <laughs> so then Clydenstern, you see your friends approach. 
Um, our uh, Danderbin obviously leading the way, despite the fact that it's actually Thorun that knows where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Friends and new friend, uh, uh, introductions to come later. We are headed to the library because oh boy. the Fun. portal, the portal mages are completely oblivious. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. That's yeah, what I, I thought. Since you used the word oblivious and. Uh, you, I've been waiting for somebody to say that. Klein and Stern, go ahead and roll me a perception check. What? <clears throat> a 12. A 12. You hear out of the corner of your, your corner of your eye, you, you hear, <laughs> you know, kind of, <laughs> exactly. You hear kind of in the distance. I hear almost, colors, guys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. After spending that much time around Danderbin, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> So you hear kind of off in the distance, almost as if somebody was whispering it in passing. You hear, maybe not oblivious, but oblivion definitely. Do what now? Did you cut out, or did is that what your character is saying? That's 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 what my, my I would actually say that like like no. Okay, Just, you look around and there's nobody there. I mean, Danderbin walking up, being extremely loud, and two ob- <laughs> and two obvious members of the Fighters Guild walking, kind of separate the mages from from your little collection of people so there's nobody really close to you great now I'm hearing the whispers of Hermaeus Mora <laughs> <laughs> alright so then do you head to the library yes alright all the while you... thinking about about now 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 just you using my my massive meta powers I'm like I wonder if they know anything about oblivion gates so you Head over towards the library area, and you notice that it's it's pretty self-explanatory. There's a very large book carved in the um, top board um, above this very large uh, double door. You open up these double doors, and this is a warehouse-sized building. You know, several hundred feet long, several hundred feet wide, at least five stories tall. If anybody has uh, an inkling, check out Go Sick, the anime. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Giant, massive library full of every kind of book, scroll, parchment, tablet, stone tablet. You know, you can imagine it's here. So I'm going to walk in, walk up to the front desk, pull out a blank sheet of paper and draw the the uh, 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 the, the, the kind of generally recognized amongst nerds uh, uh, rough sketch of an Oblivion Gate and ask them, <laughs> do you have anything related to this? The uh, individual says, I, I don't know. Uh, let me grab the the voice real quick. And then uh, the voice of the tower apparates out of nowhere and says, Hello again, Klein and Stern. How can I be of service to you? I'll just hold up a sheet of paper. Do you know anything about this, Hector? Uh, it, it looks similar. Uh, I believe we have a book on on demonic portals uh, but uh, at the moment it is actually and he closes his eyes real quick yeah it, it's actually checked out at the moment uh, this is odd though it should have been returned uh, weeks ago I, I don't know why it isn't here um it's probably <clears throat> privileged information but any chance you can tell me where I might get a hold of the person who checked it out that is what I have been running through my head and through uh, the tower but uh, I don't know who checked it out someone's gonna get their library card suspended (laughs) (laughs) 
Someone's going to get a lot more than that suspended. Um, <clears throat> um, the, yeah, weeks is a long time for someone to remember a face. Uh, what section of the library would this book normally hang in? It would have been in the Conjuration Magic uh, section of the library. It's on a fifth floor uh, back corner. Uh, you'll know it because there are several summoning circles inscribed upon the floor just in case uh, apprentices can't wait long enough to get out. But I can give you a rough outline of what I remember from the book as I've, I have a knowledge of all things that have been within this tower. Hector, you are brilliant, please. I would love it. Uh, what I remember of the book, though it has been several centuries since I have read it, the Oblivion Gates open up in areas of great power. They are not gates that can be opened up anywhere into Oblivion. The sites are extremely significant. Uh, they lead to the realms of the uh, demonic princes. Uh, these princes are few in number. Uh, nobody is quite sure exactly how many. But five are well known. The nearest that we can tell, the only active Oblivion Gate that we know of, is within the Kang Islands, near where the Great Tarrasque was felled. That is the last known active Oblivion Gate, though it was shut down more than half a century ago. I have a sneaking hunch that we may be dealing with uh, something similar, but on a larger scale. I have sensed similar magic from a young Goliath man that has come in recently. I do worry what could be happening if those gates should reopen. Oh, you and me both. Although it's better than the Aldrazi. I will take your word for that. I have no records of what that could be. You probably wouldn't. Um, thank you very much for your help. Uh, <clears throat> well, actually... Uh, Another quick question. What can you tell me about this this Goliath? This Goliath individual has a strange crystal that takes the form of a weapon when called upon. The magic within it is of one of the, the Daedric princes, but we have yet to identify what type. The abilities of it, though, are of a most heinous nature, as I'm sure you can imagine if you know anything about them. Yes, um, quick, another quick question... Uh, when he summons this weapon, does it have a specific form, or is it different? As of yet, he has summoned just the sword within the tower, though I do not know uh, what other forms it may take. To get more information, you should talk to him. His name is Kor. I also understand that he offended Mage Shard very heavily, uh, though Mage Shard believes it was not fault of his own, but of the... Uh, his isolated culture that led him to offend him in such a way. All right. Thank you very much for your help, Mr. Voice of the Tower. Uh, you have no idea how useful you have actually been to me. It uh, makes me very happy to be able to... Now, be on your way. I believe that we have a apprentices that will be coming in in the next hour, so you will want to grab your books quickly before they raid the shelves. Crisp salute, and yes, sir, right away, sir, we are on our way, sir. Alright, he discorporates and disappears back into wherever he's going. I will turn to my friends and say, guys, I've got a lead. <laughs> you you all standing there would have heard that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 massive smile on my face. 
terrified look in my eye as I say, we're about to go try to seal some oblivion gates. I don't know what that is. Arpeggio Lord Thorin, do you know anything about what he's talking about? Uh, Would I know anything about an oblivion gate from the fire aisle and anything from... God uh, damn it. Since I'm also with the dark uh, the dark bellows. Yeah, damn you. Rolling up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Virgil with the Fire Islands. Uh, go ahead and roll me a history check. Don't worry, Robert. That's only a five. <laughs> you, you've heard the term oblivion as kind of things, but that's about it. Um, Arpeggio, you would have heard stories from some of the mercenaries about you know curses and that from some of them from far off lands as uh, something like you know what they say about traitors traitors end up in oblivion in the end that kind of a thing but you wouldn't know probably a whole lot of specifics about oblivion so okay. as we are leaving the library because since they only had the the, uh, <clears throat> the the one book about oblivion gates and pretty much everything that the voice of the tower told me was what I was expecting to read in the book uh, I, as we are leaving, I will give them a brief overview of the Daedric Princes, the Realm of Oblivion, and the Land of Tamriel. <laughs> and and you guys, just to let you know, Danderbin, you're going to have a tough time here because there are no elevators here. It, it's all <laughs> stairs, and they're not small stairs. And it's on uh, the fifth floor in the back corner of a giant warehouse. So think of uh, Bennings, I think that's the name of the big department store down there. Uh, Bunnings. Bunnings, yeah. It, it's kind of like going into one of those stores, but five floors, clear in the back, all stairs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be like that. So yeah, I, I kind of just kind of explained that the, uh, the, the, the realm of Oblivion is ruled over by the Daedric Princes. They are, uh, for the most part, not nice individuals. Um, they kind of impart themselves into... They kind of live outside of reality, but at the same time are a part of reality, and... and and they carry a lot of power with them, and most of the time they tend to eat. They tend to keep to themselves, but every once in a while they get a wild hair up their ass and decide, you know what? Let's go eat things. And um, <clears throat> and so, so so then I'll just kind of explain, you know, uh, the the uh, you know, give them a little, little bit of info about like Molig Ball and uh, Hermes Mora, and and of course my my favorite of all the Daedric princes, uh, Sheagorath. <laughs> and, okay. And, and just, you know, kind of what they tend to do, what what their basic, you know, Molagbal is a, a horrible, bloodthirsty beast that's worshipped by orcs, and Sheagorath is a uh, a madman who makes Dandy look sane. <laughs> <laughs> that scares the crap out of you, Danderbin. <laughs> <laughs> and Hermaeus Mora is a tentacle monster that thrives on knowledge. His sole goal is to know everything and and use that as, as, you know, power. And th- those are, those are, you know, the, the three that I am most familiar with, um, just kind of, and then, then as we get to the back, you know, this, there's of course running into books. All right. As you're searching the shelves, would you give everybody a sign? I would tell them to look for, uh, any books that mention the, the, the realm of, look for any books that have titles that look like they might, mentioned the the uh the, the realm of oblivion um anything related to a a mystical far-off realm that would probably be accessible through the portal network called tamriel 
and the history of a country or a, a region within it called Cyrodiil. All right. Would all of you immediately begin looking? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. All right. So everybody has disadvantage on this perception check. Go ahead and everybody give me a perception check with disadvantage. Eight. I rolled an 11 and 11, so 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an 8. Arpeggio? Okay, uh, this is okay. This is really rare. Uh, I rolled a twenty, <laughs> and I rolled a one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, then, unfortunately, as Kleinenstern says, look for anything that has to do with oblivion, and you all turn your backs to start looking. You don't notice the black-robed individual that stands up from what was a summoning circle. circle and clubs Kleinenstern over the back of the head. Whoa! Kleinenstern! Oh, thank God. My highest was a 19. He had advantage on that roll. Um, so, uh, good thing it wasn't a 20. Kleinenstern, you will take 14 points of oh. bludgeoning damage as you get... I, I rolled two fives on my 2d6. You take 14 points of bludgeoning damage as you get clubbed over the back of the head. Everybody roll me initiative. I am below bloodied. Oh god, I rolled so bad. Seven. Not as bad as the revenant you will be fighting. Oh god. (laughs) Alright. I got Uh, 17. Alright. Virgil? 13. And Arpeggio? Uh, 18. All right. So the Revenant clubbed Kleinenstern over the back of the head, and uh, you all flip around to see what has happened. You can already hear that once that assault had taken place and a little bit of blood struck the floor of the, the library, all of a sudden, everything seems to change. The atmosphere feels dangerous, like the tower itself has been alerted to this. Go ahead and... Uh, Arpeggio, what would you do? Okay, positioning. I need distances between. Yeah. You would all be within 10 or 15 of each other. You're all kind of a one or two bookshelves all in the same area. The Revenant is right behind Klein and Stern within, we'll say, 10 feet of you probably. Okay, I'm going to get right at his face and I'm going to use a shove action. All right. So then strength contest... He'll probably beat this. That was a uh, 10. Rolled a 6 plus 4. Uh, that's an 18 for me. So you uh, shove him back, you said? Yeah. Uh, I believe that's 10 feet. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. Do you want to shove him into one of the bookcases? Kind of shove him out away from everybody. I'm tr- yeah, away from everybody and more more importantly, away from Klein. All right. Yeah, you, you shove him as hard as you can. And the Revenant kind of stumbles back 10 feet and almost out into the main aisle. I'm going to get between the Revenant and the rest of the group. And then I am going to activate Icon of Might. All right. Okay, that is... I rolled the 10. So any at- attack rolls the Revenant makes uh, is suffers a minus one to the roll. Awesome. That'll definitely help. Okay, that's my turn. All right, we then move on to Klein. I'll look at the Revenant and be like, buddy, you are entering a world of hurt. And uh, we are going to uh, 
pulled up my Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> and we are going to fire off a second level Guiding Bolt at him, and I'm going to spend two Sorcery Points to channel it through the actual stone on the Gauntlet. Okay. So that will add a one of my D6 effects. Bob, that is a 20 to hit. Oh, yeah, that definitely hits. All right, and um, so first and foremost, the effect that is imparted as it channels through my gauntlet is uh, I rolled a four. So that is the, the Terra effect. He His movement becomes zero until the start of my next turn. Nice. And let's see, he's going to take 5d6 of damage. All right. So that's 10, 11... So he's going to take 20 points of radiant damage, and as per normal guiding bolt, all attacks against him have advantage. All right. He definitely didn't like that. And though most of his voice box is fairly, you know, rotted out, you know, not like full zombie, but really raspy, that cry just cuts straight into all of you as this radiant energy bursts from his skin. And then I will I will back up to put a little bit more space between... Him and me, even though even though I know he can't move, uh, just just uh, he hit me pretty hard, and I don't want to risk getting hit again. He probably a very good idea. Uh, go ahead, then Thor. What would you, Thorun? What would you like to do? <laughs> Call lightning. I, apparently, I, 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 I abbreviated your name as Thor on the on the uh, whiteboard over here. So, <laughs> uh, it's a revenant, correct? Yes, you would definitely recognize this as an creature. Okay, so I'm going to charge at it and run past Arpeggio and then kind of do an angle where I run out uh, past Arpeggio at one direction and do an uh, upswing towards this creature. And it has advantage, correct? Yes, you have advantage. And because of my, uh, my sword... I have an improved crit versus undead, and that's a crit hit. Damn! Oh, nice. So, uh, how are we doing crit rolls, Robert? Uh, it's going to be uh, max plus a roll. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not terrible. Um, that is 13 plus 4, so 17 points. Uh, for, for the first attack. You bring your blade down, and as it went to swing wide, you cut into its ribs, and you now just slice cleanly between two of the ribs, and you can see all that rotted everything exposed. Go ahead Alrighty. with your second strike. Second attack. Um, does it still have advantage or not? Nope, it's just the next attack roll. Okay, yep. so this is just a normal roll then? Yep. Um, alright. Alright, and that's a 17? Nice, yes, that hits. Okay, I am going to need a strength saving throw, uh, as I'm going to use a trip attack. Uh, that was a 10. <laughs> Again. Alright, so, uh, as I slice, I'm going to slice towards the knee and try and bring him down, and so he failed, so he is now prone, and he also takes... Or no, this would be my unarmed attack. So uh, I would do a roundhouse, uh, a kick to the side of the knee, uh, oh. and try and uh, drop him. So that would be with this. 
five, six, seven points of bludgeoning damage. All right, a creature that normally doesn't feel pain other than that of the dire type. You kick into the side of its knee and it buckles in and he falls to the ground with a thud as he, he attempts to get up, but the leg will not support any weight. We then move on to Danderbin. All right. I'm going to run at the creature screaming, Don't attack my friends! Ah! <laughs> and I'm going to try and smack it with my club a couple of times. Oh, <laughs> uh, first one's going to be 20, not natural. Yep. So that's uh, good old six points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, wait, this is advantage because he's prone. Correct. Yeah, 20. Okay, right. and then I'm going to use a key point to do flurry of blows and just jump on his chest twice. <laughs> <laughs> First one is another six points. Nice. And the second one's a natural 20. Damn! <laughs> uh, that's going to be 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Alright, yeah, this really, this creature is just getting absolutely pummeled. I mean, there's some crazy vengeance stuff going on. And he dropped, with that flurry of blows between all of you, dropped him to exactly bloodied. Uh, The revenant bursts up from the ground. You can see that his, his... body begins to knit back together a little bit, but but it stops as that residual glow kind of stays within it, and it does that, that Dragon Ball Z when a bunch of enemies attack, you know, that rah, stands up and swings <laughs> twice wildly. Uh, so he has Arpeggio, Thorun, and Danderbin to choose from, so I'm going to roll a d6 to figure out who the two attacks go to. Alright, so the first one is going to go to Arpeggio, the second one is going to go to poor little Danderman. So... Uh, minus one to the, to the attack roll. Awesome. Alright, so then the first one is Arpeggio, and that is only a 15 to hit. That's gonna miss. Alright, and then the second fist goes to Danderbin, and that one, unfortunately, Danderbin is a 19. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so you know, as a reaction, you can use. Uh, as long as you're within ten feet of me, you can use your reaction to take the dodge action as you get hit, or you can use your reaction to switch with me, so the attack will hit me instead. Uh, I'll take the dodge action. All right. Dodge. So then, let me roll that with disadvantage. That'll still unfortunately hit you, Danderbin, I think, with a <laughs> teen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was worth a shot. So this massively power fist of the undead smacks you square in the chest. Oh, thank goodness. I was really worried I was going to roll higher than that. Uh, so it only does 10 points of bludgeoning damage oh. to you. <laughs> All right. We then move on to uh, Arpeggio. Uh, I'm going to use the shove action again, but instead of pushing them away, I'm going to try to knock them in pro. Alright, go ahead. That is on their strength thing. Oh, I rolled in that one. <laughs> Do I need the roll? No, it'll be totally fine. That knee has zero support under it now that uh, 
Thorun has kicked it out, so you just once again aim your polearm down, sweep the knee out from under him, and he falls to the ground once again with a very hard thud. I'm gonna, as a bonus action, I'm gonna use Icon of Might again. Okay, that's a natural 20, so that's a negative, negative 2 to attack rolls until the start of my next turn. Awesome! And that's my turn. Alright, Klein, we move on to you. Okay, so he is knocked prone. Um, I'm going to take advantage of this, and we're going to uh, hit him with a flaming sphere. <laughs> oh, shit! Isn't that a radius effect, though? Uh, oh, crap, it is. Um, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, 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 a, I'm a little bit, like, like, like focused in rage mode. No, uh, it's... You know what? That guiding bolt was a lot of fun. I realize, yeah... We'll take the disadvantage on the ranged attack, spell attack roll, and, and, and try to hit him with the guiding bolt again. All right. But this time only at first level. Uh, that is a 15 to hit. 15 definitely hits. All right, so he will uh, not take quite as much damage, but, you know, we will take full advantage of the advantage that it will give our next attack, and he will take four... Let's see, he'll take 12 points of radiant damage, and the next attack has advantage. All right, he lets out another scream on the ground as this radiant energy just bursts from the cracks in his disgusting skin. Anything else? Uh, uh, no, I think we're good. All right, Thorun, it is your turn. All righty, I will make my first weapon attack. Uh, is he armed? Does he have a weapon or anything? No, he just has two fists. Okay, um, that's going to hit with over 20. Yeah. So that is uh, nine points of slashing damage. All right. And these do count as magical. Yeah. If that means anything. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to a flurry of blows. All right. All of them with advantage. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll hit. And that is four points of bludgeoning damage. All right. And the second one is a crit. So that's 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Wow. As you do your flurry of blows, just bringing the hammer down on this guy, you stand up and you do a little bit of a jump in the air and you bring your foot down straight into the creature's throat and it lets out a gasp of air as it it is completely that, that windpipe, though it doesn't need to breathe, is basically closed off, dealing a significant amount of damage to it. All right, we then move on to Dander. Is there a desk nearby? <laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to struggle with some of my movement, getting on top of one of the desks, and then I'm going to run off the edge and just do a cannonball onto the chest. <laughs> Give him the people's As he's climbing up there, I'm like... From the top rope, give him the people's elbow, Dandy. <laughs> oh my God! I'm gonna say elbow. double top the elbow. <laughs> Twenty-three oh. to hit. <laughs> yeah, that definitely hits. Ah, oh, and they fall points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is fantastic! It definitely deals a lot more damage than what you were expecting when you brought the elbow down on him. He does make an opportunity attack at you with disadvantage. Yeah, that doesn't hit. Uh, highest was a 14. Just misses. Just misses. Okay, yeah, then you're fine. So uh, you're, uh, he uh, 
you bring the elbow down and it catches him right below the ribs, right where that solar plexus is. And you, you, despite the fact that his throat was pretty much closed off by that foot he got in it earlier, you hear the oof of air as it escapes his rotted lungs. <laughs> uh, is he wearing any shoes? Sure. <laughs> okay, can I run to the bottom and take one of his shoes off and just like, I don't know, uh, try and attack his feet? <laughs> you, you pull one of his shoes off and, and you smack his foot with the shoe tauntingly. Perfect, yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, 16 to hit? Yes, that hits. Uh, five points of damage. <laughs> He's like, oh, that feels like I stubbed my toe. Damn it. Perfect. I end my toe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I was going to have trouble with this next. Or I, I, I thought I was 100% decided on who his target of vengeance was going to be when we hit this turn. But now I'm not so sure. I'm going to roll for it. Odds, Danderbin, evens, uh, Kleinen's turn. <laughs> Thankfully, Bob, if he attacks me, he's going to have to run through about three different opportunity attacks to get to me. Luckily, he's not attacking you. He looks at you, and you hear, and all of you hear in a very creepy, disgusting, raspy voice, I swear vengeance upon you, mage. And you feel the shiver go up the back of your spine, this chill overtake you. And he stands up and glares at you. I need a wisdom saving throw, Kleinenstern. Oh! Oh, no! I got a zero. You are paralyzed until the Revenant deals damage to you or until the end of its next turn. When it the paralysis ends, the target is frightened for one minute. All right. You can repeat the saving throw at the end of all of your turns. We then move on to, let's see here, Arpeggio. Did, did he get up, or is he still knocked up? He, he's standing, but basically on one leg, because that knee is completely ruined after what you guys have done to him. Okay, oh, this time I'll make an attack with my standard. Alright. Okay, I'll take it. Natural 20. Nice! Oh. Okay, two sixes. Uh, 12 damage total. Alright. And I believe the standard is magical, so, yeah. Yes, as you go to swipe it across him, you open up his belly completely, and the disgusting rotted smell fills the air and bout at the end of its undead life again. It is your turn. Oh, Kleinen's turn, you are paralyzed. Um, and then we move on to Thor. Bob, I gotta. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make my saving throw again just because I can. Uh, actually, no, it's the oh. frightened condition that you paid it for. Oh, that's uh, right. The paralyzation you're just stuck with. We then move on to Thorin. Alrighty. My first attack. That's a 21 to hit. Yes, that very much hits. Uh, that is six points, or seven points of slashing damage. It is barely standing. Single digits at this point. Uh, bonus action. Uh, same thing, a 21 to hit. Yep. And that is six points of bludgeoning damage. All right. You bring the sword across the creature's throat, and most of the head is barely hanging on there. You then go ahead and do a spin and punch it, and the head separates from the rest of the body as it rolls to the floor, and the revenant's body falls with a thud. 
after about another 15 seconds, you collect yourselves, you make slap Kleinenstern awake, Danderman, I'm sure, just slapping the hell out of him to get him moving. Um, After... Yeah. After about another 15 seconds or so, a whole bunch of mages appear, as well as the voice of the tower, that say, What? What happened here? This shouldn't have happened. Nobody can get in here. Well, we're not dealing with Meridia, that's for sure. Ah, we got attacked by a revenant. A revenant? How, how could a revenant have gotten in here? This is a completely secured building. And more importantly, how did he get a library? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They they ignore you as they look at Clyde's <laughs> I, I I'm not going to say words because words, but we were doing some research and I uh, gave everyone some instruction to look for certain books. And next thing I know, I get cracked on the back of the skull by this thing and... Uh, uh, we, uh, we 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 decided to take matters into our own hands, and uh, well, now it looks like he doesn't have any more hands. <laughs> yeah. uh, you look down, and and for sure, yeah, uh, Thorin managed to slice the hands off at some point. So then, holding, holding the boot, I like kind of put it behind my back, like <laughs> <laughs> what? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're gonna put the the head in a backpack? Oh no, no, the boot. Oh, the feet. Okay. Because <laughs> you're going to take the head. <laughs> no. that, that's what I thought you said at first. I'm like, you do realize the revenants gone back from their head, correct? <laughs> All right. Well, he doesn't spawn back from his boot. So I'll just take that. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, see that they are very concerned that uh, Revenant uh, attacked and they said well did, did he say anything did he talk to you did you have you searched the body yet we just we just got it we just dispatched him right as you guys arrived so we have not time had time to uh, 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 search the body um, he seemed very mad at me when I hit him with a guiding bolt because he swore unholy vengeance upon me the entire group goes very quiet at that point says, uh, you're gonna want to be careful. We will contain this Revenant as best we're able to, but but once a Revenant swears vengeance upon somebody, it's it's there. that You can't remove that Revenant's vengeance upon you. I'll go. Wait, wait for how long? Uh, until the Revenant is completely destroyed but that's that, that's only something the highest of archmages can accomplish the only huh. spell known to do that is uh, the wish spell hey Clydenstone, did you say that uh, you're going to live and end I don't know about the end of time but I uh, won't be alive for a while well now you have something to worry about for the rest of your <laughs> yeah, exactly yes that's everything that you that's everything you needed was an anxiety, you know, for the rest of time. Uh, so as... Bob, in the cosmic scale, a revenant's vengeance against me is a drop in the bucket. <laughs> That's very true compared to what you could do if anything else happened. Yeah. Arpeggio is gonna, like, do, like, the medieval version of double tap. Like, give him a few more good stabs. <laughs> good idea. Alright, you stab it a couple more times. Uh, Virgil, are you going to try and collect anything off of this Revenant? Uh, 
I don't know if I will, um, just because my sword is already attuned to this type of creature. Go ahead and real quick, give me an investigation check as you look over your sword and while you're cleaning. Investigation? Oh, that is a 15. You notice that though you're, you're, of course, wiping the blood off your sword before sheathing it, but some of the blood soaks into your sword. Hmm. It seems to be shining, polishing, polished, you know, like freshly polished new uh, after the blood is soaked in the edge of the sword. Even it doesn't even look like you've cut anything. It's so sharp. Very odd to you. Interesting. So go ahead and add a tally mark next to the undead slaying ability on your sword for right now. I'll Just tell you about it later. Here. Okay. Uh, so then, uh, does anybody else want to investigate the body, Clydenstern? Uh, if you investigate it, I advantage, um, if you oh, have a reason to. Considering that, that, um, he showed up right at the, the you know, just that, that opportune moment, I'm, I, I don't know how, you know, considering that he's laying collapsed and, you know, for the most part as dead as he's going to be for a while, I'm going to, you know, do the whole... You know, kids on bikes poke him with a stick and you know give him the once over. So yeah, I'll, I will take a, take a peek see, and that is a uh, for investigation. That is an eighteen. All right, uh, with an eighteen, as you're looking over this body, you can tell that the clothes and the armor that it had on it are kind of burned, melted a little bit, almost as if you know some sort of acid had been attacking this revenant um, but it's all over his body almost like an acidy mist uh, had enveloped this revenant at some point um, are you going to search his pockets or do anything like that or just kind of look on the outside <clears throat> um, if, I, uh, if, if any of the, uh, the, the higher ups are, are nearby to you know give me you know, in case this thing decides to take another swing at me yeah I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it closer and just, just because Things have been really fishy lately, and I am I am in a curious mood, and so uh, meow. All right, you uh, begin looking through, and you can tell that they've definitely got this on lockdown. You can already hear the voice of the tower, almost this echoing ring in your ears as these magical words begin chanting throughout it, and this dome starts to to form over the library where the battle took place, restoring it and locking down the revenants of various parts that have spilled. Uh, within the leather armor, you find a single page we'll call it it looks like leather of some sort and you can't read the writing on it as you pull this kind of folded leather page out um even though i can't read it do, what do i do i have an idea as to what language it might be to get some help in translate you believe it is something like proto-language. This is symbols and scratchings and the oldest of languages. Uh, you've seen scratches very similar to this on the Oblivion Gates from what you remember. Oh! Um, I might pocket this page. Alright, you go ahead and roll me a sleight of hand check just to be safe. <laughs> Dex, don't fail me now. That is a 14. 14? Alright. And the mages that are casting spells will have disadvantage. Yep, highest they had was... What's that? Uh, doesn't that work against passive perception? 
Oh yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not gonna look up mage staffs, uh, stats. I'm gonna say that it's a generic plus one, so that's probably a twelve perception. Uh, and this, the voice of the tower would know all things that happens within the tower, but since they are currently channeling a spell, I'm gonna say that they don't notice it. So you are very easily able to slip this leather page thing into your pocket. Um, based on, really- say, say, based on, 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 you know, just the whole, you know, this, the, what the script on it looks like and what it, if I'm like, as we're, as we're getting ready to leave, I'll just be like, hey, Dandy, you ever read words off of skin before? I mean, I have known a few people that have tattoos, so yes. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll show him the, 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 the page that is basically just, you know, the script written on the flayed skin yeah. of the once living. Yeah, it is 100% flayed skin of a page. And what makes it even more disturbing, it appears that there were binding, like the sewing marks of thread that had been, you know, on the one end of this this page, almost as if it had been skin within a book. Like, we are oh. looking for a flesh book. Oh, Go ahead and roll me a history check uh, or knowledge check of some variety class. If you know which, uh, what what the significance of this would be, Bob. If it's the Necronomicon, we're gonna have issues. <laughs> <laughs> Braden's gonna have issues with me too. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, that is a fourteen. A fourteen. You're pretty sure that one of the Daedric princes had a flesh book of some variety. The Ogum the Ogma Infinium. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In meta terms, you're like, Ogum something, Ogum something. I'm going to have to rack my brain for it. I'm not 100% sure, but yes, that's exactly what it is. You'll be able to get it after some study. Okay, and I'm like, oh, no, no. I don't like Hermaeus Mora, Bob. <laughs> Why else would, would the would the library and 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 you know, the the mage that seeks knowledge attract the attention of the Daedric Prince of Knowledge? Exactly. After getting the all clear from the voice of the tower, you guys are easily able to make your way out of the library and out into the street. So, what would you like to do from here? Get a stiff drink. <laughs> I expected hey. that. Yeah, heading to the nearest bar. And as we're walking, I'll be like, alright, do you guys have any questions? Because I feel like an explanation is in order, but I don't know where to start, so I feel like you guys, the, the, the things that you might want to know, I will attempt to answer as best as I can. Well, I mean, what just happened is what a good just, start. What just happened is, um... I have a very strong sneaking hunch that one of the more potent Daedric princes has taken a very strong interest in this world. Uh, he has a a book that is basically made of skin, full of the most uh, mind-rending knowledge that one could ever possibly learn. For someone who is very keen on learning everything there is to learn... His book is a brilliant well of information, but at the same time, it comes at a cost. <clears throat> if this page is, fr- is is what I think it is, someone has paid that cost and are doing terrible, terrible things with the help of of uh, uh, 
a, a horrible amorphous tentacle monster. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, what? Uh, which what? The, uh, um... A tentacle monster. And also, you have one of those skin pages that is, what? You have mind-rending knowledge on you right now. A sliver of it. Arpeggio or Lord Thorin, do you understand that language, but I warn you if you read it, your mind may be rendered in net. Is that a word I use? I don't know. I usually do not touch weird, so I will pass <laughs> upon reading that. Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to read it anyway. I uh, have a vague idea of what the language might be, but uh, you know, short of pulling out my uh, my, my old uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion strategy guide, I'm not going to be able to translate it. You mean they make prima guides in this world? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they said something about... Uh, you said something about... Uh, wait, no, that big weird tower man said something about a Goliath that had the magic. Perhaps he is the one who had the thing and is doing the thing. I'm... I, I'm I, that, that is another angle that we're going to take. Uh, and if it's a Goliath that uses magic, I'm going to need some backup when I go to question him. Wait, wait, and how does all of this run back with Aura. Is she being eaten alive slowly by this giant tentacle monster? Uh, the tentacle monster itself wouldn't be eating her alive if the tentacle monster was... Uh, Hermes Mora is a very unique prince amongst the Daedra. Um, if he does anything, it's in search of more knowledge. Um... I would I would venture yes you know if if it was if it was you know someone along the lines of Molag Ball uh, I would say that she's in a lot more danger but with it being Mora eh, she's probably not enjoying herself right now but I I don't think she is in danger of losing her life in the immediate future. As you explain that to your friends, a uh, I just drew from the Turk deck to see who you would encounter. A individual in black robes with the cowl pulled low comes up behind you and says, Ah, but she and none of the others are dead yet. I can tell. See? Even he know. Uh, pardon me, sir? I can feel the deaths of those around us, but I have yet to feel a death of those who have disappeared. We do not advertise this fact as death makes several people squeamish as to their own mortality, but I can sense that you have an item of our persuasion on your person, and as such, I would be happy to offer you a trade knowledge for that particular piece of parchment, we'll call it. I was just looking at Let's not beat around the bush. We both know that that's not paper. You are right, but since we are in this establishment, and he kind of looks around at the other patrons, I don't think that they would appreciate me saying out loud actually is, given that they barely tolerate my presence here. And you get the sickly sweet scent of rot and death about this person. Tic-tac. <laughs> I'm hiding behind Arpeggio. So you want this 
this this this uh, this fine will 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 be all diplomatic. You want this page of the book? Correct. Since it is of the no longer living, I will be able to pull the secrets from it without reading it. It is of great value to me, and I know a little bit about what might be happening to your friends. What does the page do? What are you going to learn? I won't know until I take it, but I guarantee if it's a page from what I think it is, and it gives kind of, Mike, he gives you a, a bit of a sly look. Says, if it's a page from the book that I think it is, there is nothing that I wouldn't be able to learn if I got a, my hands on enough of them. And I'll be like, and that's the rub. Um, the gumshoe Tracy Fisher is manifesting my- for us. <laughs> that's the rub, she. She, you want. <laughs> you, sir, are a very creepy looking bastard. <laughs> Anyone else getting real bad vibes from this dude, or is it just me? Oh no, it's not just you. Um, but look, believe me, there is a part of me that will love to know all of the secrets of the individual who most likely is responsible for writing this book. <clears throat> At the same time, that terrifies. Um, I don't. I'm not really concerned with the actual information that's on the page. I'm hoping that uh, I can use this page to track down the other pages to find a way to rescue certain individuals. Oh, but they are not the ones responsible, despite what it may look like. Oh, see, now you're now, now you're playing this game. Uh, hmm. To sweeten the deal, I will give you a little hint as to the knowledge that I have learned. From my best estimations, they are not dying in the sense of leaving a corpse, though they are no longer a part of this world. I, fi- I kind of gathered that much by the simple notion that none of the guilds that they're affiliated with contract. Ah, but you know that they are still alive. Is that all you know? I know more, but once secrets are let go of, they cannot be taken back. Thus, payment is due before I convey the rest of my knowledge to you. Let me, I don't know uh, if you've seen or not, but Arpeggio is a real badass. She could beat you up right now and take your knowledge. <laughs> D- dandy, dandy, dandy. <laughs> really badass. Let me, let, let me confer with my friends momentarily. Before, uh, this 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 deal it, it it doesn't affect just me. I mean, there are uh, a lot of other people who have int- who who have who have a stake in in this. I shall wait for you in the graveyard within commons, as that is where I'm a little bit more comfortable, as stereotypical as it is to say. This deal will only be good until sunrise. The second the sun rises, I shall disappear, and you will not learn of this information, but by your own strife and effort, which could take years or longer. Joke's on you. Cardenstone lives forever. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 Dandy, I won't live live forever, but uh, no no one who's... Very few people who are alive right now will be here for that. 
and in very creepy fashion, he looks at you and backs out of the bar, walking backwards completely, knowing that everybody's going to get out of his way because, one, he stinks, and two, he's a crazy necromantic bastard. <laughs> Is he walking out of the room while still facing us, like, yeah. walking backwards? Yeah, yeah, 100% creepy facing you the entire I, I call out to him. You know, that, that looks creepy, you know? You know that? <laughs> I know, and thank you. As he disappears around the corner. Seems like a nice dude. I think we can trust him. <laughs> Nat one on insight. So, here's where we have to make a decision, friends. Are we going to accept the aid of creepy dead razor? I mean, did you see him? He didn't even... He was just flesh and bone. We could all beat him up real easy. Thorn... Lord Thorin is really strong. And so is Arpeggio. I think them two could just beat him up and then we'll take all his knowledge and we won't have to study for years. Good to know the chaotic neutral one in the group. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge is power. And I got a sneaking hunch that that, that, that uh, if he didn't feel that he had a really good chance of keeping everything that he wants to keep locked up, locked up, he wouldn't have even approached us. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I just don't really want someone that creepy having access to a flesh page where he might learn something completely evil and then hurt more people. Is it really going to be doing any good if we learn a little bit for him to learn a lot and do bad? And that's why I... That's that's why I I, uh, didn't accept his deal outright. Because... Effort on our part may be may may end up saving more than just our friends. Knowing knowing that they are alive for the moment is enough for me to down all the coffee in the world to never sleep again <laughs> if I have to. Um, do you have any other leads that you can go with? Um, is it tracking down this uh th- th- this uh? Goliath fellow, I, I, I believe his name was Kor. Um, I've, I've been been told that, that he is uh, an individual of some knowledge based on what we may be able to find. Uh, and considering it was the voice of the tower that pointed me in his general direction, I'm much more inclined to talk to him about it than creepy necromancer who walks up behind us in the bar. So, yeah. Uh, I feel that, that we can let necromancer disappear and we'll fo- focus on our, our, our efforts on the potentially less creepy but significantly more formidable individual. Well, let's. Why don't we not immediately burn this bridge behind us? But we can well, here's, follow here's, through. Go ahead. I was say, uh, uh, what time is it, Bob? Almost no. supper time, but not quite. Okay, so um, first things first, since it's getting near on supper. Uh, um, guys, uh, have, have any of you uh, tried out the, the the new restaurant in the Noble Tower? God, do they sell that famous pig guts and gravy that you always on about? <laughs> um, there is a distinct chance that, that that may actually be on the menu. I think it's going to tap me out, but uh, I, I definitely want to go. Uh, it, apparently, the head chef is uh, is a grunk. A what? A, 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 a grung. A you would all have fairly decent knowledge to know that grungs are typically very poisonous. Uh, if they come into contact with anything that you ingest uh, or touch in general, hmm. 
It's like rather than having the puffer fish, the puffer fish is the chef making your food. <laughs> uh, well, I'll never go and pass up a chance to die, so sure, let's go. <laughs> so as over over supper, I think we will discuss uh, considering that, that he gave us until sunrise, that means he is in a massive hurry to get this information. There, There's a reason he wants it quickly. Otherwise, Something he would... Important. In, indeed, uh, and and I feel like the, the the more urgency something like that wants this information, the more urgency we need to have in figuring out what's going on. But I don't think giving him that information to figure it out is the best way of doing it. Who's to say he won't just try and come and get it himself after, and then Arpeggio and Lord Thorin can beat him up? That is option. Um, we'll put that. We we will we will stick a pin in that and master uh, strategist stand a bit. <laughs> <laughs> that worries me a little bit, but then again, bear traps on butts is pretty much a way to cripple any army. I mean, you're not wrong, Bob. I mean, have you ever tried to walk with a bear trap on your butt? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, uh, Thorn, you've been pretty quiet. You got you got any uh, input? Hmm. No, I got a kitty cap on my lap that I'm petting right now. Knife threw her out of the room. <laughs> I tried to grab my pencil and she bit me. <laughs> no pencil. And then all my dice would just be way too big of a distraction. Um, I don't know. I don't want to give him that page. I'm sure we can find someone else that can use that info, that information better than he would, I think. I, I, I get the feeling that is uh, it's kind of the general consensus that giving this man the information he wants is not a good idea, even if it gives us the information. So even though it may take us a little bit longer, I think I am okay with uh, um, passing up this very tempting offer. I still stand by on not just keeping his offer on the side, just in case we get desperate. I think... It, Considering that, you know, keeping that option on the table, or, or, or you know, just the option of keeping that option on the table means that uh, it's going to be a long night for us trying to find a Goliath. Because even though you know, it's like trying to find a needle in the haystack. You know, the needle may be you know the size of a pen, but you're still looking for a needle in a haystack. Uh, so you know, if we want to potentially maintain utilization of the necromancer then we're going to have to rule out core as an option first, which means we have to find him probably well before Sunrise. I agree. Alright, then we will go ahead and end here on the night of the 26th of planting. So thank you guys very, very much for joining me for this. This was a ton of fun. I'm glad we were able to do this political intrigue, this puzzle and all of this kind of stuff, so... I am really excited to see what happens, and as soon as we're able to get Core on, I will let everybody know, and we can uh, go from there. I'm super excited. Wait, what about the pigs? What about the pigs got? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll pick up in the Hamiches sandwiches, and uh, hopefully none of you will die too badly. Too badly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you hallucinate first, then it isn't as bad as foaming from. And falling to the ground. <laughs> yeah. 
Just I don't mean, ask for the sugar syrup. No, no, no. Hamish <laughs> is very careful, but accidents can happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys very, very much. So uh, go ahead and everybody say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to know more, visit our website at theadventuringguild.com. You can also, while you're there, find all of our rules, downloads, and episode guides in case you're lost on what is going on. And if you would like to support the podcast, visit our Patreon page where you can join the show and become a sponsor of the Guild. So thank you guys very, very much. And also check out the first episode of the month, which would have been the last Chaos Plan episode. On that episode, we did do our very first ever giveaway. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please check that out and email your answer to the question found there to dmbob at theadventuringguild.com. One lucky winner will be chosen on the first episode in November to get the Descent into Avernus book that just recently released. So thank you all very, very much, and we hope to catch you next time. 